Well, good morning. As you guys are being seated, let me welcome you to Crossroads on Father's Day weekend. And let me also say this. I rebuke you, Facebook, in Jesus' name. Uh, you're causing us all kind of problems. I got an email yesterday that said that they were limiting our access because we had broken some kind of rule. And I'm like, what in the heck? <laughs> so anyway, there's no Facebook live feed today. And if you know somebody that wants to hear the service, they'll have to go to CrossroadsLebanon.com and listen to it online there. We're going to have to do something different because I'm tired of messing with these play pool. You know what? I, I'm going to have to come up with something. Jay, we're going to have to work on YouTube so we can get that worked out. Hey, let me, let me highlight a couple of announcements. Uh, I don't normally make announcements anymore because I just don't have time. But there are a couple of things that I want you to know about. One of those is starting, uh, we started it last week on Wednesdays, Wednesday afternoon from 4 p.m. till 6 p.m. right here in this auditorium. We are opening up the church and the auditorium for prayer. And, and, and there, there's no big kind of fancy structure. Uh, it's just a very dimly lit auditorium. Uh, there will be some dimly lit stage lighting. There will be some music, some prayer room type music playing. And we just invite you like I did. I told you probably back, I think on Memorial Day, that we really need to, as the people of God, uh, we need to do what it says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, where we humble ourselves and pray. And we pray for our country, we pray for our leaders, we pray for our families, we pray for our church, we pray for our community. So what we're doing is opening up the church for you to come and pray. And yes, you can pray at home. I mean, I get that. But there's something about coming here and getting on your face before God with the people of God and petitioning God for what we need in our life and in our country. So I want you to know we started it last Wednesday. Uh, I think we probably had over the two hours, we probably had 20, 25 people show up and people come and people go and, and you just do you and you sit where you want to sit or you come and you kneel. Uh, and again, it's just an environment where you're probably going to find me you may find Julio, you may find some of our other leaders, and we're not going to push in to pray for you unless that's exactly what you want. Uh, we kind of let you do your own thing, so we encourage you to come, and, in, and if I'm here and I'm on the front row and you want me to pray with you or for you about something specific, I'm very applicable and willing to do that, but it's really just a time where you can focus on your needs and the needs of our country and the needs of our family and church and it's between you and God. So again, four to six every Wednesday, it's going to be open up, opened up so that you can come and you can pray. And I realize that doesn't work for some of you, but I, I just had to make a decision on what was going to be workable. And again, that was the best thing. Let me also say summer uh, officially starts on Wednesday of this week, speaking of Wednesday. And again, we will start kind of summer for us next Sunday. So be advised of that. And let me also say this, uh, I had said that we were going to do a newcomers at the end of June, and uh, people are just, I mean, with COVID now kind of not totally in the review mirror, but kind of in the review mirror, people are traveling and doing, and you can tell by the attendance, I mean, lots of people gone, and of course they can't watch online today, but again, they, they are gone, and so we said, let's just wait till the Big vacation weeks are over. The last two weeks of June, first two weeks of July are the biggest vacation weeks of the year. And once that's kind of behind us, 
uh, we will kind of focus on uh, getting those newcomers things planned. We reached out to several people, and they still couldn't do it that had signed up before, so we said, let's, ju let's just push it off. So just know that that's coming, but it'll be just a little bit later. I want to take a minute and highlight something from John chapter 13. And again, if you weren't with us last week, that's where we were. We were in John chapter 13 because it's in that chapter that we looked at last week where Jesus unapologetically, he calls those of you who call him Lord, he calls those of you, those of you who follow him, he calls us to a very specific life and to follow his example, an example that you saw last weekend, and that example is to pick up the towel and live the life of the towel. And if you were here last week, we showed you exactly what that example looked like in the life of Jesus because we did something that we have never done here before. And in both of our services, we washed someone's feet. Because that's the example that Jesus gave us in John chapter 13. So if you missed last week's message, I think you can go back and see it on Facebook unless they've taken it down. Or if you can't see it, you can hear it at CrossroadsLebanon.com and just click on there and you'll be able to hear the audio. Again, uh, it, 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 it's the verses that we looked at last week to me those verses, if you're looking for verses to change your life, those were verses that change your life. And consequently, I believe that message last week, not because I delivered it, but I believe it is a game changer because of the scripture and the example of Jesus. So take the time, if you didn't see it or hear it, to go back and look at it. Now, as we get started today, I want to go over something that I think is, is, is really important to those of us who follow Jesus because... It's just so important and so vital that we, we knew about this when we started this church, that this is something that we actually, we actually included in both our mission and our strategy. Again, we started this church in 2006, 17 years ago. Is that right? 17 years ago? 17 years ago. Uh, and we knew that when we were called to start this church, we weren't called to start just another church but we, we knew that we were giving a, given a very specific mission and a very specific strategy. And, and I'm going to tell you, I let you down because I should probably talk about this at least once every year. And I just haven't been doing it because, again, what we're looking at is so important when you talk about the mission of a church and the strategy that's behind the mission. See, I, I will be the one that tells you that when you go to Publix this afternoon or when you go to Kroger or wherever you are uh, and, and somebody were to know that you had been to Crossroads and they say, what's the, what's the, what's the, you know, what's, what's the underlying mission of the church? You should be able to tell people exactly what the mission of this church is. You should know it. You should be able to just spill it out right when somebody asks you. And let me just say this. If you don't attend this church and you attend another church, maybe you're here just because it's Father's Day and you came with your family, but if you attend another church, then let me tell you, you need to know what the mission of that church is. Because let me tell you, knowing the mission of the church that God has called you to, the mission of the church that you attend, it's a non-negotiable. You should know if that's the place that God has planted you, you should know the mission of the church. So let me go ahead and show you our mission so that you understand it. Get your camera out, take a picture, know it, memorize it, understand it, because somebody may ask you and you need to be able to say it. Here's what it is. 
Our mission is to create and provide environments where people can learn and grow and they become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And again, I've tried, I've told you that I was going to simplify that and make that smaller, but I just can't. That describes exactly what God called us to do back in 2004. We started in 2006 actually having services, but 2004 is when all the planning and all the preparation started. And that's the mission that we felt that God had given us. That's exactly the mission in words so that people understand it. That's our mission statement. And let me say it, as somebody who attends this church, you need to know the mission statement of the church, and you need to be able to repeat it. But beyond our mission statement, there's something that we call our strategy. And our strategy is simply the way that we carry out the mission. It's the way that we go about carrying out the mission that God has given Crossroads. Our strategy really is as simple as our mission. Our strategy is this. To encourage people to pursue three vital relationships. And here are those relationships. Intimacy with God. Community with insiders. And influence with outsiders. That's the mission and the strategy of this church. And now that you know the mission and the strategy of Crossroads Church in Lebanon, Tennessee, there's something that comes out of that that is something I actually talked about last weekend, and that is community. Because we were very intentional about designing this church where it wasn't just about a bunch of me's. I mean, that's, that's our culture. It's all about me. It's all about me. You know, we live our life. It's about me, me, me. I always say it's the me monster. Uh, again, we live in a culture where it's about me, but we specifically designed this church where it would be not about the me's, but it would be about people who actually live their life beyond the me's. People should live their life in relationship. You take a look at that strategy. You see it on the screen behind me. And the first thing that you see is something that we think is the most important thing as it relates to a person's relationship with God. And that very first thing that you see is something that we call intimacy with God. In other words, as somebody who follows Jesus Christ, is your time with God a priority? In all of the things that you have to do, and all the scheduling that you make of all the things that you have to do, are you making a time where you get alone with God a priority? Is there a time that you get alone with God and you open your Bible and you ask God to speak to you? And maybe I should simplify that and say, are you reading your Bible? Do you read your Bible? Because one of the things that I found is that most people, listen, 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 most people who say they follow Jesus aren't reading their Bible. They'll tell you that. And they've got lots of reasons why they'll tell you that they don't read their Bible. We don't understand it. It's not applicable to my life, Randy. 
It's just a book of old stories about old people, and those stories don't make sense to us. So we don't read it because we don't think it applies to our life. Now, let me tell you, if you don't think the Bible applies to your life, I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to pick up your Bible and to open it to the book of Proverbs. And I don't, I don't care which proverb you read. I don't care which chapter in the book of Proverbs you read. Read a chapter in the book of Proverbs and then tell me that the Bible is not relevant to your life. Because I would tell you that the Bible is so relevant to your life that you should make it a priority to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. Now, that's not all you should read, but I'm going to tell you, listen to me, listen. You should read one chapter of Proverbs every day, 365 days a year. Because Proverbs will show you that the Bible is so applicable to your life. It has so much potential to impact your life. Now, when, when we talk about strategy at Crossroads this morning, I want to jump over the second thing and go to that third thing. That third thing that you see is influence. Influence with outsiders. That's something that we and you have heard me talk about, some of you, not all of you, but that's something that we call relational evangelism. Relational evangelism is just you and I building relationships with others. We, we build relationships with other people, other people outside the faith, and we do that for the sake of eternity. Relational evangelism is the time in our lives that you invest in the lives of other people that God has really strategically placed around you for a very specific reason. And those people may be non-Christians, they may be unchurched people, but we're building relational capital with the people that God has placed around us. Relational evangelism is just simply you becoming a friend that someone can trust for the sake of eternity. You don't try to preach to them. You don't try to teach to them. I mean, teach or point your finger at them. You just become someone that they can trust in the spirit of the faith. And you do that for the sake of eternity. Now, let me go back to the thing that we skipped over just a moment ago. And that's the second part of our strategy. That second relationship, which is just like parts one and part three, it again revolves around a relationship, and we call the second step in our strategy, we call it community with insiders. And here's what we like to say. At, at, at Crossroads, events, worship services like this are not the end all. Worship services like this are a step. They're designed to be a step. But this is never and was never designed to be an end. In an environment like this, this is not the place that you're going to get your needs met. Because we believe that for people to be the actual people that God created them to be, 
that people are going to have to do life with other people. And we believe that it's so important for you to be involved with other people, whether that's in a, in a group, which we call a community group, or whether it's on a volunteer team. We want to put you with people that you can do life with, and those people are in the same stage and season of life that you are because we want those people to be someone that you can go through life with. And as you go through life, those are the kind of people who are like you, and they're asking the very same questions that you are. As a matter of fact, Proverbs speaks to this. Look at what it says, Proverbs 13, Proverbs 13, verse 20. The writer says this, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Now look at that. We're going to leave that up for just a moment. Ago. That scripture says, and it points to this dynamic principle that applies to all of you and me. That, that, that has a principle that applies to every life in here this morning. And if they were watching online or listening online, it would apply to them as well. The principle there applies to all of us. It says that you're going to have experiences in your life, and those experiences are going to affect your life. But the principle that we see in Proverbs 13, 20 is this. One of the major things that impacts your life is going to be the people that you actually do life with. If you walk with somebody that's wise, if you walk with somebody that sees life as it is, you walk with somebody who sees money as it really is. You walk with somebody who sees relationships as they really are. Then that's a relationship that you're going to benefit from. He who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Now I grew up I grew up with parents who see if anybody tracks here who told me I couldn't say the word fool. Did anybody grow up? I mean, you know, it's like it's like one of them other words. It was another four letter word. I mean, you just didn't say the word fool. You didn't ever call anybody a fool. You just didn't say the word fool. But but a fool in the Bible was somebody who knew the difference between right and wrong, and even though they knew the difference between right and wrong, they didn't care. That's a fool in the Bible. So if you do life with fools, you're going to experience harm. If you do life with a fool, when their life blows up, your life is going to blow up. When their life blows up, you're going to experience shrapnel in your life. When they go down, you're going to go down. Some of you already know this. If you marry a, a fool, the whole family's impacted. Amen? <laughs> if you date somebody like this, you can be a fool. 
people that I do life with have the ability to directly impact the trajectory of my life. The people that you do life with impact the direction and the quality of your life. I mean, just think about your life. Go back in the catacombs of history in your life and think about one of those times in your life that you wish you could do over again. Just think about it. Think about some time in your life, a period, a season that you wish you could do it over. I can almost guarantee you that that season that you wish you could erase and do over, you weren't doing that with your enemies. That chapter in your life that you wish you could just kind of forget, that's actually a chapter in your life, a season in your life that you were doing with friends. You did it with somebody that you actually thought was your friend. That chapter that you wish you could erase from your life, it was during that time in your life that the people that you were doing life with, those were your friends. Because you were doing life with the people that you decided and chose to do life with. Some of you wish you hadn't gone out with him. Some of you wish you hadn't gone out with her. You wish you hadn't gone into business with them. You wish you hadn't taken that job. You wish you, had, you wish you hadn't gotten into that partnership. And see, I think this is especially important because for those of us who have children, we think that's, this is really an important principle to us because we think this is something that applies to our kids. But hear me out. This is something that applies to all of us. But there's a tendency to think that this just applies to kids. But let me tell you, it applies to kids and it applies to adults. Because listen, as adults, we're the ones who set our values. We are the ones who set our direction. There isn't anything that could be further from the truth if you think this just applies, this principle just applies to kids or to other people. It's the people you do life with. He who walks with the wise. It's the people that you do life with. Those are the people that impact your life. And that's the principle. And, and it's that principle, it's this very principle that, that just smacks so many marriages right in the teeth. Because it's not a kid thing. It's not a teenage thing. This is an every one of us kind of thing. Because, see, here's the thing. I have, had, I, I have seen adults who had great values and they move here, by, by the way, there's a no vacancy sign on Tennessee for right now, okay? Amen? I mean, we're, we're kind of full. We're full. We're full. But I've seen people who move here with great values, 
And they're drawn into an environment of what I call acceptance. They're drawn into this environment of acceptance. And they arrive here, and we've had some of them arrive here. And they go to church where they listen and they agree with the values of the church. But they don't connect with the people of the church. Then they move here and they, they get a job and they, they go into the job environment. And in that invo- in environment of their job, that, that you know, employment environment, they don't connect with the values necessarily of, of the company, but they connect with the people. They find a job and in that job, that's a place where they're accepted. And something happens, and their life kind of goes up off the rails, and they wake up one day, and they're like, how did I get here? You got there because of this principle. The people that you do life with affect you. The people that you do life with impact your life And they also impact the way that you live your life. We have to realize that the people that we do life with impact the quality and the direction of our lives. Listen listen to me this morning. I want you to to take this and I want you to let this be deposited into your spirit. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So this is a principle that you can learn and understand after you leave here today, and you can leverage this principle for your good, or you can actually ignore it to your detriment. You have to make a decision, and many times, listen, 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 that decision that you have to make is a decision that you're going to be uncomfortable with. Because you have to make a choice to engage relationally with the people who share your passion for God. And you have to engage around and in something that I call community. And I just don't call it community. I call it authentic community. Because authentic community is where the mask comes off. Authentic community is that environment where the shell is broken. And I know what you're thinking. I don't have time for this, Randy. I don't have time for structured relationships. I don't have time for something that you're talking about that can kind of, to me, seem to be a little bit awkward. And so some of you right now are saying, you're pushing back, and you're saying, you know, I'm just not into structured relationships. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come on Sunday mornings every now and then, We're here every Sunday, 8.30 and 10, okay? 
I'm going to come every now and then, and I'm going to sit in one of these rows for, you know, an hour, hour and 15 minutes, so that I can make this happen. But can I just tell you something? When it comes to structured relationships, you've already made that choice in other environments. I mean, here's the thing. When you, when you got the job, you, you looked at the offer and you looked at the money and you said, you know what, I'll do it. You didn't have to move in and see if you liked the people. You didn't have to go to the job and see if the people at the job were your people. You're like, I'll take the job because the money and the opportunity, that's what I'll need. I'll take the money and I'll take the opportunity and I'll dive in and I'll put up with the people. I'll just find a way to get along with the people. So you took the job and the opportunity and you realized that in the job there were people that you liked and there were people that you didn't like. But you made the decision to make it work. And here's what's interesting. You know what happened? Over time, you learned how to make those relationships work with people you liked and people you didn't like. And some were easy and some were not easy. But you did it for your own financial gain. That's just what you do. Because structured relationships are just a part of life. Structured relationships are part of the progression of life. Let me tell you, in every arena of your life, you have structured relationships, and you have those relationships so that you can make progress. It happens in sports. It happens in school. We take relational risks so that we can make personal progress. You're not into structural relationships, but here's the thing. You do it all the time. You say you're not into it, but you do it all the time. So this principle holds true spiritually as well. If you want to move forward spiritually, let me tell you, Crossroads, you have to take some risks. And you have to engage in some structured relationships with other people who share your value of growing spiritually. And this is something that God honors. This is something that God uses all the time. Because I have never met a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, who considered themselves to be a growing Christian, who is not connected in those structured relationships, in some kind of group. Or what I grew up knowing it as Sunday school. Because you show me a Christian who's growing, 
And I'm going to guarantee you that that person is in some type of small group relationship. So structured relationships are nothing new. And the question that comes up from you and some of those listening online will be, well, is this absolutely necessary? Yes. It's absolutely necessary. Because he who walks with the wise grows wise. He who walks with the wise does life with the wise. So what I want is everyone who attends here at Crossroads to get into a group or a volunteer group and be part of what God is doing here. And that's going to be my focus from now until September. Because can I just be really honest with you? You talk about authenticity. I'm going to give it to you today. And maybe this is the reason why we're not on Facebook. And I don't mean to be ugly for those that laugh. I understand what, how you're laughing. But this is something that everybody doesn't need to hear. I think whether this church makes it or not is hanging in the balance right now. And it's hanging on this. Your involvement in groups. Doesn't mean you can't do other groups outside of this church. But I don't believe that God has brought you here to, intens to intentionally not be a part of the things that he has happening here. You need to be with a group of people who is sharing with others what is going on in their lives. You need to be with a group of people who are crying together during the tough times and laughing and celebrating with each other in the good times. It isn't an option, Crossroads. This is not just an add-on. This isn't just something that is reserved for those people that you and I look at as being super spiritual. This is something that you need to do. Because here's the interesting thing. Thousands of years ago, you were warned about this. In Hebrews 10, 25. Look at what it says. It says, let us not give up meeting together. Why? Why would they say that thousands of years ago? You know why I believe they said that thousands of years ago? Because even in that culture... There was a tendency to give up meeting together. They didn't, they didn't have fancy vehicles. They didn't have SUVs. They didn't have Uber. They didn't have Lyft. They didn't have soccer and baseball and all the other things, cheerleading. They didn't have Rosemary Beach. They had busy schedules. And there was a tendency for exactly that. Let us not give up meeting together. Because I believe back then there was even a tendency for people to say, I'm just too busy. This doesn't work for me. I work all week and I don't have time for this. 
Let us not give up meeting together. But let us encourage one another all the more. Because it's vitally important that you find a group of people, your group, where in a spiritual sense, there is doing some life together. Because let me tell you, the very reason why we hear so many stories from people where they say something like, well, I grew up in the church, but then this happened, or I went to this building, and over time, I drifted. You know why they're they're telling those stories? Because in those people's lives, there is no community of faith. And when there's no community of faith, that's exactly what happens. You will drift. And I've always said this, Crossroads is not about growing big. But it's really about growing small. And again, authenticity between me and you, COVID's made that really, really difficult because people just left and they didn't come back. And you see what happens is when you look at your schedule and you see all the things that you have to do and you look at your calendar on your phone or however you do that and you see it right in front of us and you say, Randy, I just don't have time for this. Nobody has time for this. But you've heard me say this before. What becomes a passion becomes a priority. And the reason that we do volunteer teams and groups here at Crossroads, let me tell you, me and Lori Dove can light up on this. We don't need no more friends. I got all the friends that I need. I really don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't do this because I need more friends. I don't do this because I need more social time. I don't do it because I need another place to go and to eat. But we do groups because we believe that's the place where sustained life change is going to occur. More people will come to Christ in the context of your small group than will ever come to Christ in this worship service. And I know you don't have the time. Listen, listen, my lips to your ears. I know you don't have the time because you know what? I don't have the time. But I also realize that I don't have time not to do this. See, I know you want to watch the balls. Wasn't too good last night, though, was it? I know you want to watch Succession. I know. I know you love Netflix. I know you have soccer and baseball and basketball and swimming and cheerleading and trips to the beach. 
I know that you think he's going to call you on that night, and if you're busy that night, then you won't be able to go. I know that. But what we have to realize is that there's nothing, listen, listen, there's nothing out there in this culture that's helping you grow on the inside. There's nothing out there helping you become great on the inside. And if you're here today and you're married, nothing will impact our marriage more than who you're spending time with. Who is it out there that's cheering you on? Who is it that you're doing life with? Who are you celebrating? Who are you getting down in the trenches with? Because see, if we had the biggest church in the world, but we don't have people circling up together in groups on a regular basis and growing spiritually, let me tell you, listen, I'm going to say something again that's going to hurt your feelings, but I don't mean to. We're failing. And can I just tell you right now, we are failing We have failed as a church. That's the bottom line. And we've got to change the course. So I'm making this a priority from now until the end of September. If you're not involved in a volunteer team or if you're not in a small group, a community group, then I want to hear from you. And some of you say, well, I already filled out the card and you never got, you know what, you may be right. Kick me in the teeth. I take responsibility. I do not shirk it. You keep coming back to me and back to me and back to me. There's two people here right now, me and Amy, that's it. I mean, we used to have six or eight. Now we have two to cover every base. I'm not complaining. I'm happy to do it. But if I forget something, you come back to me. You fill out that card that you've been given when you come in, the one that you'll be given next week and say, hey, I'm interested, a men's group, women's group, kids group, I'm interested, get, get with me, talk to me about this. There we go, I can see you all, there we are. That's the Holy Spirit, I saw every one of you, okay? Illumination brings revelation, you know what I'm saying? And some of you now have constipation, okay, so there you go. I love that. Jesus, come on. If you're not in a group, and that is a big percentage of you, I want to hear from you. Fill out the card, write your information down, and hand it to me. Because there are people out there right now who want to do life with you. There are people who want to come alongside with you. They want to go through life with you. There are people out there, believe it or not, they want to pray with you and for you to pray with them. And we believe that that works best when we get together. Four to six couples, five to eight individuals who are in the same stage and season of life. We put people together who can relate together. And there are people who are saying, I just want to do life with other people. I want to get into a group so I can do life with someone. I want to be part of the people that get together and do life with each other and learn about God together. I want to be getting together, and I want people who will pray with me and for me. I want to be praying for this church and its leadership. 
but more importantly as a group, knowing what God has done and is doing. I want to be a part of a group because I believe God is about to do some amazing things. I can't remember how long ago this happened, and I may have kind of told this story before. But there was a season some time ago when I had a terrible Monday. Now, Monday's always kind of iffy with me anyway. But it was terrible. And Tuesday was even worse. I mean, I was ready to give up the ghost. I mean, I was ready to quit. I just, I mean, everything was bad. And I went home on Tuesday, and, and I went to bed. And the next morning, on Wednesday morning, I got up, and it's like the fog had lifted. I felt energized and ready to go out and slay the world. I mean, you know, I was like a ninja turtle. I was like, I mean, I was ready. Everything changed on Wednesday morning. Here's what's really interesting. On Thursday, I ran into one of our group leaders who said to me, Randy, were your ears burning on Tuesday night? And I was like, well, no, not really. And they said, well, our group was together, and we really felt prompted to pray for you and for your family and for the church. And you know what? I'm just foolish enough to believe that those prayers are what made the difference between Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm just crazy enough to believe that. This group of people got together and they prayed for each other and they also took the time to pray for me and for the church. And I believe it's those prayers that made the difference in my life. And you getting together as a group, listen, it isn't about me. It's about you and it's about doing life with other people. It's about circling up and looking each other in the eye. And it's about talking and praying about the things that are going on in our lives. Because, see, I think one of the most important things that I want my children to remember about my life is the time that I got together before 2004 with a small group of people. And we talked and we prayed about starting this church. And I'm thankful that my kids one day will have that to remember. I think that's so important. Because it's not about the sporting events, people. It's not about trips to the mall or all the other stuff. It's about people getting together and doing life together where God is at the center of it all. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think it's important to the future and the vision of this church that the only numerical goal that we ever set as a church was with groups, and we failed miserably so far. Our goal was to get eight out of every ten per people attending Crossroads on Sunday morning plugged into a group. And here's the thing I don't think you understand. Right now, while you sit in here all around this auditorium, there are groups happening in Wamaland and Upstreet. We started at birth circling around a table in a group. 
Right now, there are groups happening all around us because groups are a part of everything that we do. It's the DNA of our church. We believe that they are the backbone of this church. And they're so, so important to what God has called us to do. Because, see, the strength of this church will never be determined by the people lining up in these seats like you are. It will be determined by the people who circle up. And it's okay for you to come on Sunday morning and to love it. Don't let that be all that there is. Because we all need to submit to community. And not only for what we get from it, but for what we bring to it. Because see, here's the thing. True community forces your hand. It forces you to live a life that's not about you. But it's actually about living a life that's about other people. True community actually forces you to lay down your own life and to live a life beyond yourself. It's a life that's not about me. Community isn't just taking, but community is about giving. It's not only an environment where you can feel loved, but it's an environment where you can love. It's an environment where we serve. It's also an environment where people serve us. In community, we feel accepted, but we're also forced to accept. And it's living this life of community it's really an extension of what I talked about last week. It's about picking up the towel and following the example of Jesus. I, I, I want to do this because I can. And I'm not going to ask them to stand up. I'm going to ask them to kind of hold up their hand and maybe you can see them, maybe you can't. We have five or six group leaders in here, uh, I think. Uh, there's Lori, hold up your hand, Lori Dove. There's Carol Farrell. There's Janet. There's, I think Anthony's here. There are four or five group leaders in here right now. If you have questions, see me or see one of them. That's just four or five in this auditorium right now that I kind of saw before the service that I know that have been faithfully leading a group. And let me tell you, being a group leader is not always the fun thing. It's like pastoring a church. But it's always the right thing. So if you have questions, ask me, ask them. But between now and September, I'm going to wear you out with this. Because I want to get you plugged into a group. I have failed. And I want to do everything I can to get you connected and into community so that this church becomes everything that God has called it to be. Would you, pray, would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? God, this morning we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the example that we find in John chapter 13 that we looked at last week. The example of Jesus showing us what the life of servanthood looks like. What community looks like. And God, this morning that's the desire of our hearts. 
even though it might not be the desire of our schedule, is that we get plugged into community doing life with other people. So my prayer this morning, God, is with these people that are under the sound of my voice, whether it's an auditorium or online, that you would move by your spirit to help them understand and comprehend what you want to do. And it's not in this service, but it's in their life, and it's encircling up with other people, doing life with other people, the good, the bad, praying, loving, accepting. That's your desire. That's the backbone of this church. And without the backbone being strong, it can't support the rest of the things that need to be supported. So my prayer is that right now you're raising up the vertebra all in these seats who will come together and form the backbone that you have pictured from the very beginning that would be here. And the backbone would be big and it would be strong and it would support all the things that you want to do. Give people the desire that they need. Remove the fear that they have so that they take the step that you have in front of them. As we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name, amen. that flows like a river washing over me fount of heaven love of Christ overflowing me thank you Jesus set me Christ my Savior, rescue me. Take this life delivered,